In episode 442 with Andrea Olson, you will hear all about our elimination communication journey with our baby girl. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. Today's episode is a little different. You are going to hear me being interviewed by Andrea Olson for her show, The Go Diaper Free Podcast. Now, she had me on her show, and the conversation was so awesome and super practical that I had to share it with you. This is like a part two, a follow-up from when Andrea first came on my show, which was episode 401, all about elimination communication. The title of that episode is Elimination Communication, What It Is and How to Do It, which I highly recommend you go and listen to also. And for those of you that have never heard of Andrea or haven't listened to episode 401 yet, Andrea is a proud mama of five, yes, five children. All five of her children were EC'd from birth and all out of diapers by walking. She is also the owner of Go Diaper Free and Tiny Undies. When she started elimination communication with her first baby, she struggled with how to actually potty her newborn. She wondered where all the visual and simple instructions were, and she also wondered whether there were other parents doing EC. And since then, she has made it super simple for hundreds of thousands of parents worldwide, including me, to start elimination communication with their babies as early as birth. And she has trained over 300 coaches to host elimination communication communities across the globe. Additionally, she creates and sells small underwear and potties at Tiny Undies and trains new mummers how to start businesses like hers. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 442. Now let's dive in. You guys, I... I'm so excited to have our newest guest on the show, Melissa Ambrosini. I have no idea how I even ended up on your show last year, but it was such an honor. You asked me all about EC. And then not only did you ask me about it for your audience, but you then implemented it with your baby and reached out to me in DMs being like, could you please help me? And I was just so honored and am so honored to be part of your journey. So welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you for having me, darling. And it's been such an amazing journey. And I'm so grateful to have you by my side through this journey. Absolutely. And I, it's so crazy. Everybody listening is probably like, how come she gets Andrea on text and I can't do that? <laughs> <laughs> so I know I'm making you guys really jealous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I do like to... It helps me practice and like stay on top of what's going on with EC real time with people today too. And then I have like limited time because I have five babies. So when you reach out to me for help, which I encourage you to always do that, I am just so honored and I get to practice my chops. So it's super fun. But 
Some people might not know who you are since we're over here in the States. So I would love for you to introduce yourself, to share a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you live, and what you love. Okay. So hi, everybody. I'm so honored to be here to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. But for those that have never come across me or my work, my name is Melissa Ambrosini and I write personal development, self-help, motivational, inspirational books for women. I have four books out, Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, Comparisonitis, and an Audible original called Purposeful. So I write books. I have my own podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, where I share my wisdom and interview epic humans like Andrea. And I do talks on motivation and living your best life and unlocking your full potential and moving past fear and being the best version of yourself. And I create online programs and eBooks and meditations and other products to help people be the best version of themselves. And I absolutely love what I do so much. I am currently living in Australia in a beachy little town. I moved out of the city just before COVID and I'm so glad I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a daughter who I gave birth to in 2021. And I have a 15-year-old who is currently 15, 15-year-old stepson and my husband. And I love all things to do with being the best version of yourself and living your dream life. I think you're one of the most amazing women I have ever met. Whenever I listen to Melissa talk, I'm just like, wow, it sounds like that wise inner voice in myself that comes out sometimes. And she's like amplifying all the things that we already know we should be doing. But she's like big sister or best friend who's like, hey, you got this. And yeah, I so appreciate you, you guys. You should definitely follow her show. She has a huge following and it's just just imparting this wonderful truth and wisdom on the world, which I'm all about that. Truth, freedom, wisdom, all the things that free us. So Mm. awesome. Welcome. And and you guys also know that I rarely interview anybody, but as my youngest is now three, I now have more capacity to actually have a schedule and meet up with people and do things that normal people do. So just a few amazing women on our podcast. And I just can't wait to hear your story and about all the easy things. So how old is your baby girl right now? She's almost nine months as when we record this, almost nine months. Awesome. And where did you or who did you hear about EC from? I first heard about it from another girl that I follow on Instagram. I actually can't remember. Is it Montana? It might be Montana Fox, who's also Australian. And I think that was where I first heard. I may have heard about it before. And then I saw her talk about it. And then it kind of instilled in me, yes, this is something that I want to do. But I did think I heard about it a bit before that. And I can't remember where. And watching her share about EC, her and her husband share about EC with their little daughter, Blue, when I was... Montana. Yes, Montana Lower. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think it was way before I was even pregnant. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So Montana Lower, I remember when she posted about it and she like had our potty from Tiny Endies. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's our potty. And she did a little shout out because I was like, why do I have thousands more Instagram followers today? I don't know what happened. It was Montana's fault. So she talked about it. And what about it resonated? Like what caught your ear? Why were you like, oh my gosh, I have to do this? Nature, like going back to nature. And for me, 
I'd never understood why you would teach a baby to do something, for example, why you would teach a baby to poo in their nappy and then unteach them, why you teach them to play with their food and then you say, don't play with your food, why you teach them to do all of these things and then you have to unteach. And I thought, am I just creating more work for myself? You know, we teach them to have dummies and to swaddle them and then we take those things away. So that always kind of played in my mind, like, why not set them up from the get-go with how it's going to be? You know, they're not going to have a dummy or a pacifier for their whole life. So I was like, why would I give that to her? That, I mean, everyone is different, but that just is what resonated with me. And I just, I read a lot about it and I thought, would I like to go to the toilet in my own pants? And the answer is no, absolutely. No, I would not. And listening to your work and reading your books. I read your book cover to cover before I was pregnant. And I just thought, this is what I want to do. And so I wanted to do that with her as soon as possible. The first three months, I was literally just getting my head around being a first time mom. And I honestly thought in that time, there's no way I could add EC to the equation right now. And that was just for me personally. I was like, I'm just trying to get my head around all of the things and the boobs and the engorgement and the nipples <laughs> and the nipple shields and like all of this stuff. But then literally, I feel like at six weeks, the clouds opened up and I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like I had landed back in my body a bit more. And then when she hit three months, I was like, oh, I felt like I'd fully landed more so in my body. And literally, like she hit three months and I turned to Nick and I was like, I'm ready to EC. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And <laughs> we literally started. And on day one, she did a poo and a wee in the potty. And we have been doing it every day since. And she knows, like, I don't think we give babies enough credit. They are so intelligent. They know everything. They just need us to guide them and to right. support them and hold space for them. But they know, she knows that as soon as she sits on there, she goes to the toilet. And it's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, because you're teaching, well, basically, it's based on human development, the way we're created. So there's no friction. It's like, we're designed this way. When you were ready, you picked that up. She was right with you. And for you, it sounds like it was just a matter of, we're going to start the way we want to go on. We mean to go on this way. So we're just going to start that way. And it's wonderful that you had so much compassion for yourself too and your recovery after birth. Like becoming a new mom for the first time is no joke. Like it is. <laughs> Whoa, talk about completely flipping your entire life upside down, especially a massively productive and like just effective person in the world. Like you're not just sitting around being lazy and like doing nothing. You're a go-getter and then er, hello, baby, and all the new things. So starting when you were ready, that's such a good inspiration for everybody who are just so hard on themselves. Like I didn't start right at birth like you, Andrea. I feel like a bad mom. No, you sound like you're just like, okay, I got to master the basics and being here. And you guys were in your fourth trimester. So of course the baby's coming into herself. You're coming into yourself as a mom and it makes sense like to start around that age. I just taught a class today and like zero to three months, that was like 40% of people were starting during that window. And it's great that people are learning when they're pregnant, but you learned even before you were pregnant, 
which yes. is like kudos, man. <laughs> <laughs> and something that also resonated deeply with me, my husband, like I shared before, he has a son. So he's been through all of this before. And yeah. I cannot tell you how helpful that was because when there was times where I was like, what's going on? He's like, no, no, it's cool. Don't worry. She's fine. So I had him to kind of like bring me back down, which was amazing. But he, you know, we spoke about this before she was here. We have never like dumbed her down or like done baby talk or, you know, we use the correct words for our body parts, vulva, vagina, penis. You know, we've never done that with her and we've always just spoken Uh, our truth and spoken correctly. And EC felt like just the right thing to do for us at that time. And I know people that have started like Montana started at two weeks and that felt good for her. And I want to encourage everyone to just do what feels right for you and start when it does feel right for you because everyone is so different. And you might have six other kids at home and you might have no other kids at home. So You just really do have to start when it feels good for you. Absolutely. And to take your example, also be educated about what am I getting myself into? Because if you go into it, not really, we don't have that passed on knowledge, right? We don't have that intact culture where we are learning just by being human. We have to go out and learn certain things like breastfeeding. Sounds like you had a little bit of a whirlwind with that. You had to use a nipple shield. I can only imagine (laughs) there were things happening there that's like, If we were just observing and watching and even birth, like my first birth experience was my own and I was terrified helping a baby sleep. All these things usually are passed down. So we got to go out and get resourced. And then whenever we feel ready, it's time to do it. And I love that the very first day you caught a pee and a poop and does that just inspire you to keep going? It's like that is a reward. And then you're like, I can't turn back now. Totally. And my husband and I are very eco-conscious and Mm -hmm. we very much try to minimize our footprint that we are leaving on the planet. And so EC from a waste perspective made so much sense to us and a cost perspective and an environmental perspective. It just made so much sense. Like I get so much satisfaction out of not using as many wipes and as many diapers as other people. Like I get so much satisfaction out of that. Like every time she does a poop in the toilet, in the potty, sorry, I'm like, yes, I just saved one more diaper. Like I get so much satisfaction out of that. I know it's I crazy. know how you feel. No, no, no. I totally know how you feel. And anybody listening who's just like, oh yeah, I completely feel that. Like I have had five kids and they've all been out of diapers by about one instead of three, which is the average age. So I've saved about 10,000 US dollars in diapers, which is massive. And I used cloth a lot of times. I probably saved more than that. And then I found compostables. And like you guys listening, there are so many ways to do it with so many different kinds of diapers. But every time we would have one that we would reuse, we would reuse it until the tabs fell off, like the disposable ones. And just like it became a game. How many times can we reuse this one? And then when it finally gets thrown away, especially because it's a compostable, there is like very little impact compared to a family who doesn't have the resources or the knowledge to do something like this. Because Mm -hmm. to be honest, we're told to do the opposite. We're told to do it for three to five years because that's going to make those companies more money. That's basically why. You know what? That is so interesting. It's like three. Is three the average age? my mind is blown because I'm like, 
they are so intelligent. They know way before that, but it makes sense that of course the big companies want you to do it until three. Of course they do. Why? Because then you keep buying the wipes, you keep buying the diapers. And you know, when you do EC as well, most times I don't even need to use a wipe. Like I know. I, I don't need to I was do talking anything. about that today in my class. It's like, that's a clean one. When they're eating so pure, like they are when they're a newborn, especially, but like if you're feeding them really whole foods and all that, what comes out comes out clean. Like, did they have toilet paper thousands of years ago? No. What did they do? Well, they had different diets. They were hunters and gatherers. They pooped clean ones all the time. They didn't have this constipation stuff that we have here. And yeah, I would like put a little water on the bum over the sink and maybe pat with a little butt towel. We call it a bum towel, not a hand towel because that was the baby's butt towel, you know, and that's, you don't have to throw those away, but the diaper companies don't get to make that money. And um, I just want to tell you, there's somebody who lives here in Asheville, North Carolina, who was an executive at Pampers for 35 years. He holds the patent on the diaper that has the little cutout for the umbilical cord. So he's like, he was way up there. And when I met him, I was like, you're the enemy. I need to talk to you. So we had coffee and I told him about EC and he told me about, they just wanted to serve moms, but nobody would buy their diapers. So they did these scientific studies, fake science, (laughs) which is so we're getting very familiar with that these days, but this fake science that said, yeah, you need to wait for readiness to potty train your baby. And this person worked for Pampers University. So this guy told me the truth about it all. And then he goes, we, we moved into ages and stages in the 90s and that really blew up our revenue. And we really thought we were just serving moms. He said, but now that you're telling me about EC, my mind is blown and I feel like we might've gone too far. And then he wouldn't talk to me. He couldn't talk to me for five days. And I was like, come on, you gotta come do a follow-up with me. We just have to talk. And he came back and he's like, I really think we brought it too far. And he's no longer with the company. He's a shareholder. He's invested. But the guilt on his face when I told him how much our babies are just being wronged in this as a result of marketing and um, money mongering. So like, I didn't mean to go here, but you guys know me who are listening. There are real reasons why they want us to go till three. And my youngest is three. I can't Mm. imagine her pooping in her pants. And Mm. she's such an independent go-getting little girl who's just so full of love and fire and self-love. So I'm so glad that you found out early. And I hope that through this podcast and all the other ones that either of us do, whenever we mention it, that people will hear this and go, you know, I'm not going to let the corporations tell me how to parent. I'm going to do this a way that feels good and natural. And that's right for my baby and the environment because it's massively, massively right for the environment. Absolutely. And, you know, I also have disposable, eco-friendly, compostable Mm -hmm. diapers as well, which we do still use as well in between. And then we have some organic cloth ones as well that we also have. But our intention is to always catch them as much as we can. That's our intention. And it's a beautiful time to just sit and B. So we are currently using the top hat potty. So your top hat potty that you sent me. I sent yeah. you my favorite color. <laughs> yes. So we are currently using that at the moment. And it's either, yeah, my husband or I will do it or my 15 year old. And oh. we will just sit there and it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful time to just sit and be. And, you know, I think now more than ever, the rushing, the go, 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 do, 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 go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. Like my moments where I just get to sit in EC with her or breastfeed, 
are some of my favorite moments in the day because yes. I get to be fully present. You can't text message and scroll social media whilst you're ECing. <laughs> Trust me, you cannot. You can't. No, True. You can't. No, it's and, impossible. And same with breastfeeding, like be fully present with her, breathe her in, smell her. Like I just smell her hair. She must be like, what is my mom doing? Like always <laughs> sniffing me. Like I just smell her because she smells so delicious. And I just play with her hands and talk to her. And it's such a beautiful time to connect. And I tell her what we're doing. So we also practice uh, baby sign language. So I do the sign for potty. After we feed, I, I say, let's go do the potty now. And I do the sign for potty. And I'll sit with her and I'll tell her, I say, we're sitting on the potty now. And this is where you can do your pee. And this is where you can do your poo. And you can go for it now. Like I just talk to her like I would talk to anyone. I right. don't use I don't use other words for things. I mean, and some people do, and that's their choice. But for us personally, like it just didn't feel right to use other words. Like we say poo and we. And we say, this is where you do it. And I have a little potty song that I'll sometimes sing to her. But she just sits there and she goes usually quite quickly. She'll either do a wee or a poo straight away. But then sometimes if I sit there for a little bit longer, you know, she might do more poo and and it will just keep coming. And it's just such a beautiful time to stop in our day and connect and to be present with our littles. Absolutely. And you know what that does for me and has done? Like all the older people in my life in the grocery store, wherever, they're always like, this will pass so quickly. You have to cherish these moments. And it sounds so cliche, but it's true. And every time I hear that, I'm like, thank you. You're right. And part of the reason why I only work three hours a day and I always have is because I want to be present with my kids. And it's hard. And I'm recently divorced. I'm single. And it's like, okay, it can be a lot. And I'm calling in the help. But The thing that makes everything I think about parenting so much easier, and this is for all the new, new mamas out there, is to surrender to it and to surrender to this flow and this beautiful gift. And when you're breastfeeding or pottying, I totally agree. Time stands still and you get to just soak in together and that smell. Yeah, they smell like cupcakes or like Mm. beautiful pastries. They're just so, God, you're making me have baby fever again. It's like... (laughs) I want another one. But yeah, yeah, it's such a beautiful, like, I think we're trained as parents to just like treat the baby like a doll. They're passive. They're passive participants. And you're just this caregiver. And there's not really connection there. And sometimes I wonder if that's intentional, you know, because there's a lot of disconnection being supported in our world right now. But I just think it's so beautiful because EC helps you to learn how to be a better mom. Because you have to slow down and pay attention and go, all right, I'm here with you. It's beautiful. And it's a beautiful opportunity for your partner to get involved and have little moments with them as well, which my husband loves it. He's like, can I potty her? Like he loves pottying her because he just sits there and where we do it, we actually do it in our kitchen table. So we have a big bench seat. So she sits like in between our legs on the top hat potty and we've got a mirrored wall. So we're both facing the mirror and we talk to each other so I can see her face and it's really sweet. So we like make faces at each other and like, you know, sing songs and we wave because she's into waving. So we wave at each other. Nine months. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's so cute. And 
I think, you know, maybe next time I might start even earlier. Now, knowing how easy it actually is, I will probably start earlier if everything flows, you know, the way it flows. But there was a little bit of resistance at the start because I thought it was going to be really hard. I thought it was going to be a lot of work and I thought it was not going to be easy but it's so easy. It's easier than changing a diaper and wiping. It's quicker and it's easier and it's a lot less mess. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, I I think next time and even the time after that, if we have two more, like I will definitely start earlier if it flows. And after doing this for so long, I just have a feeling that you'll be like, there's no going back that your baby will be born. You'll be like, okay, it's on. I got my top hat potty already. Let's just do it. (laughs) You know, if everything flows and goes well, yeah, you become a culture to it and your husband as well. So it becomes a family thing. And then your daughter will help with the next baby. And it just becomes, this is what we do. Absolutely. And even my 15 year old stepson, when he first was like, what? And my parents, they were like, what? And then I would just say, oh, I'm just pottying her and they would watch me. I think they were kind of a bit skeptical and they would roll their eyes a little bit and then they would see that she just did a poo and a wee in the potty and their mind is blown. And now they're just like, my dad is like, I have no words, Melissa. Like, (laughs) Like you are just, my dad always says to me, you are so inspiring. He's so sweet. He goes, you need to tell everyone about this. You need to tell everyone. He's like, why don't people know about this? And I'm like, well, you know, it's a good question, dad. And he's (laughs) he's so sweet. He's like, you've got to write a book about all of your parenting things and you've got to do this. Oh um, yeah, you do. I can't wait to read it (laughs) if you do. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely will one day. But it just makes so much sense. And it's such a beautiful time to connect It's a beautiful opportunity for your partner to stop and slow down and connect. And especially now, because of the pandemic, lots of partners are working from home. So they have that time and space as well. Right. And I found the same thing with my ex-husband. I mean, he jumped right in. He didn't really feel like he could participate in a lot of ways because I was doing all the breastfeeding and then... When they had a boo-boo, you know, they needed mama and all of that. But he definitely was like into the potty and he was into the tools. So sometimes he'd use the diapers too much. I'd be like, hey, we're doing this other thing. So I think once we set up our men for success, it's easier for them to find their place in there. Like, I know the baby needs to go right now. Here, honey, you take him. And then they get a catch and then they feel that confidence and it's a win, right? A hundred percent. And When I text you early on, and for those of you, I'll just give a little backstory about what I actually sent, what the message said that I sent you. I think it was something along the lines of, you know, we've started, but she's not really showing signs. Like you talk a lot about in your book, like wait for the sign. And I was like, she's three months. There's no sign. And so you said to me, just offer after every time they wake up and every feed. So I started doing that. So every time she woke up, I would offer the potty. And then after every feed, I would offer the potty and started getting catch after catch after catch. And it's only now I, she doesn't really know what her sign is now. And I'm keep teaching her the potty sign. Mm -hmm. I mean, eventually she'll do that, but she kind of just stops and she kind of freezes. And I know, oh, okay. We're, we're about to do a number two here. But you said to me at this stage, they might not have a sign and it's more later that they start doing signs or they'll yeah. start communicating or they'll start saying potty, potty. And that was a big relief for me because I was like, 
she's not making any signs. What's wrong? Is there something I'm doing? Is it something she's doing? Like, what's wrong? Like, why isn't she making a sign? Because I thought there would be a very clear signal for me to take her. And no, it wasn't. It was your advice to me was just offer when she wakes up and after every feed. Because like you said to me, it's like us. When do we go to the toilet? Right. After we eat and usually when we wake up. Exactly. And they're like, they're, they're little mini versions of us, you know? Yeah. And once you really think about it, like just sit and think about it. Oh yeah. They're just humans, just like us. I talk to my kids the same. I don't do baby talk. I never have. My kids are highly intelligent, really engaging. They're just, I mean, really, why? Why would I teach them how to say everything wrong? <laughs> Baby talk. They have to reteach. I reteach them later. And I definitely did sign language and that definitely helped. And then they'd start signing, you know, potty to tell me they need to go. And it's like, we give them the tools to succeed in our real life, like what they're going to meet when they're growing and then being in the world. And this is, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited that so many of my best friends along the years have never tried EC, even though I'm like the EC woman. And I, there's some mix of intimidation and overwhelm and all that that keeps it from happening. But like you said, once you start it, it's so easy that mm-hmm. you're, you're just like, well, maybe it was just my mindset that was in the way and all the newness and all this stuff. And then just to see you take this and just live it and Montana as well. It's just like, oh, ladies, we are doing it. We are changing the story for generations. It's literally going to trickle down. And we're saving the planet and saving our wallets. And I have a a beautiful mother's group that I am a part of that I created and shared this with them. And some of them are not interested. And then there is others that are like, whoa, why didn't I know about this? Sign me up, tell me what to do. And then I'll go home and I'll take a photo of the top hat potty. And I'm like, this is the potty that we use. Get it from Andrea's website. This is her book. Read it if you want to. And I just share with them. And, you know, one of my friends, she is, is like, it's amazing. Her little boy is, I think, three months now. And she's been doing it with him and they love it. They're like, why would we do anything else? It makes so much sense. And it's really just a matter of doing it, seeing it, being around it. That just opens people's eyes. And I wanted to mention the Top Hat Potties are now being sold in New Zealand. So we are slowly making our way in and I'm trying to get it into Amazon and Australia. I believe there's a shipment on the way. So I'm just saying all the people who are listening, who also follow Melissa and also happen to live down under, you guys will be able to get Top Hat Potties from me soon. That is amazing because... The top hat potties are amazing. I know Montana, like in her video, she just had like an old container. She which, did, yeah. And then which, she had this one, which is yes, I've step also up. got that one too. <laughs> and you can use the containers, but I mean, it's just so much more comfortable having the top hat potty because you don't have to hold them and their body weight. You can rest them on the potty. It's just so much easier because I originally, before I got yours, I just thought, oh, we'll just keep an old container and use that. And my husband's like, yep, let's just do that, you know, but I cannot tell you how much better it is with the top hat potty. And sometimes my husband will hold her over the toilet if we are traveling and for some reason we didn't bring, like we went to an eco retreat and we couldn't take the potty, but we were outside. So she just pottied outside the whole time or he would hold her over the toilet 
toilet. But for me, I am nursing some serious breastfeeding shoulders and wrists at the moment. Oh, the this and the oh, all of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So for me, <laughs> holding her over the toilet is just not a good idea for my shoulders and my back and my wrists right yeah. now. And I have a and little it- tip for that, though. You put a little like a kid's stool underneath your butt when you're holding them over the toilet. You can actually sit down and have good posture and hold them over the toilet if you want to. Oh, great it's idea. It's a little trick. Yeah, I learned it. I don't even know. I mean, it's like, it took me four babies to learn that one. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's really, it's, we, I talked about posture, mama posture a couple podcasts ago. And I think it's really important. Like I would always catch myself and luckily I'm on Instagram. So I have to get a lot of pictures of me going out there and I'm like, gosh, my posture is terrible. And that's causing problems with my body. And this pottying my baby shouldn't cause me pain. It shouldn't cause a baby pain. So if there's pain, we got to course correct. Totally. But the top hat potty has helped you though, is what you're saying. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I literally sit and I'm facing the mirror, remember? Mm -hmm. So I am sitting and I'm making sure my shoulders are back and Mm -hmm. down. My hands are on either side of the potty. I'm sitting upright and I've got a long, beautiful, elongated spine. And for me, it's just so important because I am nursing some breastfeeding injuries at the moment. I'm sending you healing power. Do you, you do yoga, right? I do yoga, but I wish someone had have told me this. Okay, before you get pregnant, strengthen your upper back muscles. Mm -hmm. Strengthen your wrists Mm -hmm. and your upper back. And then once you're pregnant, keep strengthening your wrists and your upper back. Like literally go and get a personal trainer and say, I'm about to start breastfeeding and I need strong back muscles. This is what I wish I had have done. And then once you're pregnant, still do it. And then when you start breastfeeding, make sure you, I know it's like, I could not stop looking down at her. I was obsessed. I know. And so this And you're posture, sniffing her head. So I'm you're just sniffing going like her this. head all the time. <laughs> so I, the amount of times I put my neck out, I'm not yes. even joking. Like I put my neck out and my shoulders were hunched forward because I'm holding her and my neck went out so many times. I have to see the osteo every week. I had to get massages every single week, acupuncture, Cairo, all of these things because I was like, I don't care. I'm, you know, and I would breastfeed with my leg up on the kitchen bench and like holding her and just in the most <laughs> awkward positions, like, <laughs> you know, not really understanding that this is a repetitive Stress thing. injury. Yeah, exactly. So now I have RSI in my wrists. Do you have carpal um, tunnel like from? Yes, that, I do. Yeah. I and had so that I- too temporarily. And, and what I was told is that if you have your hands straight, so for those of you watching versus listening, you won't, or listening, you won't be able to see this, but if you're nursing or holding your baby, you should have a straight line from your elbow to your middle finger. If you break that in any way, you're going to develop carpal tunnel. So my first That's midwife told me that. The other thing is my first, I take Ashtanga yoga. I love it. And my first mommy and me yoga class, she's like, ladies, a room full of 20 babies. And she managed to just put them all to sleep while we all did yoga. It was amazing. In Berkeley, California, like this Mel is her name. If you hear this and you're there, oh, look her up. She was like, bring your baby to your breast. Do not bring your breast to your baby. And it really helped prevent a lot of injuries. But I totally, I had a wrist brace and everything because I didn't know. It's the relaxing in your body. And that, exactly. that hormone relaxes everything and then makes you susceptible to injury, right? 
Exactly. And I just wish I had have known all of this. I know. <laughs> because my wrists are so sore. Like, oh, still? I, yeah, they're still really sore oh. and they're getting better and better yeah. because I'm more aware of it now. Right. Uh, but ladies, correct posture when you're breastfeeding, correct posture when you're doing EC. And even when you're changing them, don't lean over the bed. Get a table that is at the correct height. Otherwise, like you're just a mama who's walking around with all of these aches and pains and we don't want that. And then we also hold our babies on the one hip. So I'm right-handed and I'm doing everything with my right hand. And now I'm working with a physical trainer and he's like, why is this side stronger than the other? And I'm like, well, that's because I stuck my hip out for 10 years. So mm-hmm. I had this curved spine and I'm doing stuff with this arm and I'm like just now doing like pelvic floor therapy too and all the things that nobody ever told me about either. So everybody listening, you've got a head start. You get to do the things that we didn't do <laughs> to prevent I these know. injuries. Yeah. I it's it's I tell- rough. Yeah. I tell all of my friends who are pregnant, I'm like, go and get a personal trainer and tell them that you want to strengthen your upper back right now. This is what I'm working on with my trainer right now is all the upper back strengthening mm-hmm. so that I can hold her because she's only going to get heavier. And only. I, wanna, yep. I want to hold her. But what I also do a lot of the time is instead of walking around with her on one hip, trying to do things, trying to multitask and do two things at once. Mm -hmm. I really try and just do one thing at a time. And I know that's easier said than done. And it depends, like maybe you have to get dinner on and, you know, things like that. But I put her on the floor in the kitchen and give her a few little blocks. And she loves that just playing at my feet whilst I'm in the kitchen or sitting in her high chair and I give her some things. And then when it is playtime, like I, instead of me walking around the house, like carrying her and doing things and picking her up, I get down on her level. So I crawl around on the floor with her, which is so good for you. Like that primal movement. I get down on the floor with her and I crawl and I bear crawl and, you know, (laughs) I make sure I'm, I'm down there as, as much as possible. And I try and not do too much lifting. Of course, there is times where I do. But if I want her to come into a different room with me, I will crawl on the floor with her. I'm like, come on, come and follow mommy. And she'll follow me into the other room crawling. Oh my gosh, we are so much alike. And you know what's funny is my trainer right now, he's trained in all that primal movement stuff. And he's having me bear crawl and crawl like a kid and crawl on axis and all this stuff. And I'm like eating it up. I'm just like, Oh yeah. And he's like, Oh, you probably know all the things because you had so many babies. I've just observed. I'm a former dancer. I still dance. I'm still a dancer. And I love watching people. You do. I host dance. There's a studio behind me that down there is a sprung dance floor that we made with, I sprung it with pool noodles, like little slivers of pool noodles. And like, it's the most amazing space. I have like 20, 25 people here every week on Sundays dancing with me. We do ecstatic dance in here. Oh my God. I want to come. Come. You have to come just to come to the dance class. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. And so my family, my kids, we all dance. We're all entrepreneurs. We all, you know, they all follow suit with what we do. And I've always been on the floor with them as well. And when you have your second, it gets a little crazier. And then you have your third and you're like a hip mom. I mean, it's like, how can I help all of you at the same time? They're all 18 months apart. And it's like, it gets a little nuts. If you go to the fourth and you have a fourth baby, it gets easier somehow magically because they're all different ages and it's weird but yeah. but yeah i think it's so important to integrate movement into your life and for well-being but like being physical with your children and like just even mirroring them 
and like showing them like, I see you and I'm going to engage with you on your level is like, I don't know. I'm a geek about it though, especially without the diaper in there. And then they can like really move and really roll. And when they start walking, it's just like, I get really physical with my kids. Yeah. That's so beautiful. (laughs) And we all know the power of movement for our mental and obviously our physical health. But dance, no matter what Mm. you look like, is so beneficial for your mental and your physical health. And so I used to be a professional dancer and I want Bambi, that's my daughter, to love dance, right? So how do I get her to love dance? I dance with her. Every afternoon we put on a song and I just hold her or we're on the floor and we'll just have a little boogie and she started dancing. So she'll start bopping right or her little leg will start going like this. (laughs) And it's absolutely adorable. Like uh, Nick and I just look at each other and we're like, I can't even, what is even happening right now? It's just my heart is exploding. Uh, So that's another thing, like whatever you want your children to do, you know, you want your children to be musical, you be musical. You want your children to dance, you dance. You want your children to eat broccoli, you eat broccoli. You You want your your kids to not be on a phone. Don't Don't be on your phone. phone. You want them to be outside? Go outside. (laughs) Totally. Like you want them to play the piano? You freaking play the piano. You want them to learn a language? You learn a language. Like right now, I don't speak another language. I am half Italian from my last name, as you can see. Uh And my nonna spoke only Italian. And so my dad, when they migrated to Australia, he was really struggling to learn English. So they kind of let their Italian go, unfortunately. And... I never learned the way that I wish I had of. And so I always say, you know, I could speak very, very basic Italian to my nonna and I could understand her, but I wished we had of learned. And so, you know, before we were pregnant, I said, I would love our children to have another language. And Nick agreed. And so we feel really passionate about French. I lived in Paris for a year. Mm. I danced at the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> and so we want Bambi to learn French. And so guess what we're doing? We're learning French at the moment. That's it. That's the ticket, you guys. That's it. That's literally all it takes. You want your kids to not be screen addicts? Don't be a screen addict. You want your kids to not be obese and unhealthy and get diabetes? Then take care of your own health. I mean, it's literally that easy. The Suzuki method of violin playing, that's how they do it. Did you know that? The parent comes to all the first five lessons, this Japanese method of learning violin, the parent learns in the first five lessons and the kid is there watching and kind of playing around. So it's literally what you're talking about is what they do. And then they create the most amazing violinist children in the world through having the parent do it first. Wow. I love that. And yeah, I've, I've really been thinking about piano. I'm going to have to learn the piano because I would love for her to learn that and, you know, to sing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to get some singing lessons, you know, just all <laughs> ways. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, you're like my mirror. It's the same thing. We're just on a different part of the world, but like, all of the things. You can't just be like, do this, do as I say, not as I do, but live how you want them to live. Instill the values by having the values yourself. Ever since I've been divorced, I've just been like, okay, what kind of mom do I really want to be? Like, I can really be myself now. And it's like, okay, these are the values that are important to me. And then I tell my kids, look, I sucked at this today. And tomorrow I'm going to really try harder to do this thing differently because all I have to do is change my mind. And our whole house, like, We light candles for meals now. We cook together. I've got ages three to 11. We cook together. 
we clean together. They do jobs. I have them work to make their money. I don't give them money. Like there's so many things that I'm just like, what would have given me more success in the world right off the bat? Learning how to cook, all these things, basic skills. I want to equip them all with that. Sewing on a sewing machine, like all the things. And it starts with babyhood. Like I had a drawer on the bottom of my cabinet and a cupboard that they could go in and it was safe for them to play with everything in it. And they'd unload it so that I could cook and they'd go in this drawer and like do their thing. And nine months old, you know, like how can I set up the space so it's not void of any kind of danger or something, but it's like real. I want real life for them to practice on. And like, anyway, we could get into so many conversations about that. I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. (laughs) I want to know, when are you planning to stop using diapers with Bambi? And it's okay if you don't know or if you don't have a solid plan, but I was curious. Can you... I mean, this. what have you seen? She definitely doesn't poop in the night. Yeah. But her diaper in the morning is very full with wee, like Mm -hmm. very full. So during the night, I don't know what that would mean. Maybe we'd still use them at nighttime. Um, I mean, daytime diapers. Right. Daytime. Okay. So I I don't know, like, what have you seen anecdotally that works? Like, I'm kind of just (laughs) like, because there is times where we still miss, don't get me wrong. Like we don't catch every single one. Sometimes like the day goes and I'm like, oh my goodness, I just completely forgot to potty her after her lunch. And my (laughs) husband's like, oh my gosh, like, uh, or I forgot. And I'm like, you know, things happen. Totally. So we're not perfect and there is no perfect. And I want to encourage everyone listening, mama or not, to delete Mm. the word perfect from your vocabulary because there is no such thing. There is no such thing as the perfect mom. There is no such thing as the perfect easier. Like there's no (laughs) such thing. All we can do is do our best. So, I mean, do you have any advice for me? Like where she's at now? I do. Of course I do. (laughs) I just was recording my young toddlers course, which is 12 to 17 months. I'm doing these new courses that are broken up by age. And usually once they've mastered walking, like everything you're doing right now, I know you said not to say perfect, but it's perfect. It's perfect in the rhythm that you have and the interaction that you have. When they start walking and they have mastered walking, that's usually when our grandmas and great grandmas would stop using the diapers because they were hand washing them. They didn't want to wash anymore. And so in 1957, 92% of American babies were done with potty training by 18 months. Done. Not an average, just almost 100% were done. Diapers were invented, disposables, four years later. And then the brainwashing started and it tripled. So yeah, exquisite marketing. Like I need to take a page out of their book. (laughs) But what I mean to imply here is that when it makes sense to stop using daytime diapers is usually after they start walking. And with Montessori School of Thought, she called that the sensitive absorbent period, the absorbent mind. That task is 12 to 18 months where they're going to master the potty. We're going to give them all the building blocks, show them how to do their pants up and down. We're going to encourage self-dressing, all the things that we can do to equip them so that they don't have any friction in doing it themselves. We do that between 12 and 18 months. There isn't a rush, but I would say that in my experience, hundreds of thousands of people over the years is that if they wait till 17 or 18 months to stop using the diapers, there's usually some friction. If they stop using diapers around 12 months, if they just started walking and they've mastered walking and they're around 12, 13 months, there's usually a heck of a lot more success. Now, the mom and dad don't necessarily feel more ready, but developmentally, putting them into 
just like training pants or just straight into underwear or just commando is like a no-brainer at that time because you've already got poops in the potty and you've already got a lot of really great success. Don't change a thing. But once they start walking, once she starts walking, you're going to see that this whole world opens up and that think about it. Like developmentally, does it make sense that she should be out of diapers at that time? Yeah. And also just to walk and her gait will be awesome because she doesn't have that bulge. Everything will make sense when you get there. Totally. And she'll be able to walk to the bathroom and I'll probably put her little potty, that bigger one next to our toilet. And I will teach her that that's where we go and that's where we do it. So that makes sense. So I'm curious because I'm pottying her not in the bathroom at the moment, is that confusing her? No. Like, is that confusing no. her? And if she is she going to think, well, I go, I go to that room to potty and now all of a sudden mom wants me to go to that room to potty? Absolutely not. Okay. No. And just think about it. Like when we were nomadic, like we're wired. We're wired in a certain way. When we were nomadic humans, hunters, gatherers, that kind of thing, they were in a sling. And then when they'd wriggle around, we would hold them over whatever bush we were at. They don't care mm-hmm. at that at that age, they don't get conditioned. What they do get conditioned to is diapers when you use them too long after they start walking. And then that's when you can create that repetition and stability of where do you want them to go and creating that potty place, that special place for them to go. And then, you know, you're just going to roll with what happens to you. Like, they're going to be like, no, I don't like this. I like this. And you being a responsive mom will be like, I get you. All right, let's roll with it. I mean, you're going to be great. But you're, this is the thing I want to tell everybody listening. Like, don't change a thing. Don't fix it if it ain't broken. You got to keep going with what's working. And then when your intuition is like, I feel like something's off, then that means you just need to make a tweak. And that's when you text me, Melissa, and you tell me, hey, what do you think? And I'll say, <laughs> hey, try this. <laughs> and, and you know what else I also wanted to say is when she does do a poo or a wee in the potty, I will affirm to her what has happened. I'll say, oh, you did a poo and a wee in the potty. So there's no good girl. There's no, like, I don't do that sort of thing. Like we don't do good girl, naughty girl, bad girl talk. We've chosen not to do that in our house. So we don't do good girl or things like that. I just say, you did a poo in the potty. And then I might say something like, that must feel really good doing it in the potty, doesn't it? Like I'll you know, say something like that. And then if we have a poo in the diaper and I miss it, I'll say, oh, you did a poo in your diaper. And then I might say, I missed catching that one in the potty or, or something like that. Like I just, I just talk to her like she yeah. is a human being and I don't dumb things down for her. Yeah. I speak to her with love and mm-hmm. respect and how I would love to be spoken to with love and compassion and respect. And I just don't dumb things down for her. I just speak to her how I would want to be spoken to and affirm to her what she has done. And she knows. Yeah. You're her mirror and you're giving, you're just honoring her as another human being. And that's beautiful. They can understand everything we say, I think from the very beginning, because they've been listening in the womb. And even though they can't talk back or sign back yet, they know. They totally know. And I think everybody listening, I know people who follow me already know that. But it's important, like if anybody's brand new to this whole idea, to just name that. Like our babies, they are way more capable than we know. I went to Africa in 2000. I went to Ghana and I I danced there. I was into African dance and oh man, we brought the rain. Like it was a magical experience. I was 20 and I didn't think I was ever going to have kids. And I, I noticed there that there were no diapers. I noticed this mom with a brand new newborn on her back, just like the head's going all crazy. And I'm like, is that okay? 
you know, and, and they, they were walking and talking and sitting earlier. They were happy. There were no tantrums. It was like bliss kingdom. It was like the most amazing intact community. The only one I've ever seen. And there was one guy in a diaper. He was 80 and the crazy man in town. (laughs) He was walking around in this giant diaper, a cloth diaper. And that was it. So, you know, it really stuck with me as, you know, how are we coddling our children? You know, there's a movie Babies where they compare all the different cultures just visually. And it's just amazing because that's what I saw there. And I saw, you know, what are babies capable of? And that's what I just want to encourage moms is like, well, what are you capable of too? How are you built as a mom already? Um, I want to do a couple of quick questions. Give me your quick answers, kind of like you did at the end of your podcast with me when you had me on. And just give me like a one sentence for each of these. We're going to go a little a little quicker on these end ones and then wrap it up. So how has becoming a mama impacted your work life? I am super efficient and diligent. And when I get in to do my work, I am laser focused and I just get in there and do it. And like you, I only work when she has her sleep. So she has two naps a day. And so this is her first nap, which is when I'm doing this. And so I try and do all of my work in her first nap time. Oh man, that's amazing how you just rise to the occasion when you have a baby. It's like, I've got a deadline now. (laughs) Totally. And how has becoming a mama impacted your marriage? It has brought us so much closer. We are more in love than ever before. It is so beautiful witnessing him be a dad to her. It's just so beautiful. And I think I had a really beautiful home birth with my midwife and doula and no drugs and a very beautiful birth. And he was my hero that day. And he'll tell you that I was his hero, but he was definitely (laughs) my hero. The way that he rose to that occasion was so inspiring. The way that he showed up for me post-birth was just so inspiring. We did the first 40 days together and literally it was just me, him and her in our house for 40 days. And we had the best time ever. Like We didn't want it to end because we were just having such a good time And yeah, it's definitely changed our marriage so much more in love. And it also does bring other things. You know, we, you have to be more diligent with when you get your alone time and, you know, we have to schedule in intimacy time and things like that. Um, (laughs) So you just have to be more diligent with making time for you two as a couple. Beautiful. And if there was one thing you could advise new mamas about EC, what would that be? What's the one thing? Don't be afraid of it. It is the best thing ever. Do not be afraid of it. It is not hard. It doesn't take a lot of time. And as soon as you do it, you will do that face plant emoji with the hand on the face and go, oh my gosh, why did I not do this earlier? Because it's so good. You are empowering the child. You are teaching them that they are an amazing being. You are saving the environment and you're saving your wallet. Amazing. And what's the one thing you could advise new moms about becoming a new mother? What's your one best thing you can tell them? I've got two. First one is don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing a great job. And remember that and maybe write, you know, I'm doing a great job on a post-it note and stick it on the bathroom mirror because you are doing a, a great job and you're an amazing mom and your child chose you because they wanted all of you. And so remember that you are doing an amazing job and there's no such thing as perfect. Just keep being you. And then the second thing is 
get a personal trainer and strengthen your back. <laughs> oh, man. I love you. <laughs> What's the one thing you could advise new mamas who are single like me about catching a great man like your husband? I know you've talked about this on your podcast. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying, what's your one thing for those mm-hmm. of us who are single out there with babies or God forbid, pregnant and single and going through all that? Get really clear on the type of partner you want, I think is really important. Get really clear on your core values and the person that you want to call in, what you would like their core values to be. So if a core value for you is health and you would love that to be a core value for the partner and that's a deal breaker, like knowing that is really important. Knowing what your core values are and what your deal breakers are. Like for me, you know, for some people it's religion. They have to be the same religion. For some people it's health. For some people it's money. You know, what do they believe about money? So, and I talk about this in Open Wide. There's a whole chapter on Mm. understanding your core values. And I think the more clear you are on the type of person that you want to align with and share your life with, it helps you weed out any that may come that aren't. You know, I have one of my best friends who is single and she knows who she wants into her life. And, you know, this great guy came in, but he ticks all of these boxes, but he's not into health. And that's a really, really strong core value of hers. The same thing happened to me this year. Oh my gosh. It was like, wait, but this is super important. So then you learn, well, actually that is a, that's a deal breaker. And we have to let go of those people to make room for the one who's right. A hundred percent. And it's not about, you know, being rude or mean. It's just going, okay, well, that's such a strong passion of mine. And it's not something that I can let go of. It's not, you know, I don't think I could be with someone who is eating fast food in my house that's sitting across the table from me and who doesn't value their health and who, you know, doesn't move their body and thinks what, how I live is a joke, you know, those sorts of things. Like, and some people do think the way we are and and how healthy we are is might be a joke. And understanding what is right for you and what your core values are are so important because it helps you get clear on the type of person that you want to call into your life. I love that. And that's an open wide. That's a chapter in there that you've got there. Oh, great. I can't wait to read it. Okay. I'm going to have to buy all of Melissa's books, you guys. Let's have a book club. Um, Okay. And your one bit of advice for just having a fantastic overall life because you talk to all sorts of people all the time on your podcast. Remember that we only get one go at this life. There's no dress rehearsal. There's no take two. There's no second act. We only get one precious life in this body. So you may as well make the most of it. You may as well squeeze the most juice out of every life. You may as well let things go. Let that conversation that upset you go. Let that thing go. Let that go. Get over it. Let go and have the most fun that you can have. Like I treat every day how people would treat a holiday or a Saturday. Mm -hmm. You know, I treat every day like that. I'm like, 
what would I do if today was a holiday or what would I do if today <laughs> was a Saturday? I'm like, mm-hmm. I would go to the beach, which I'm going to do as soon as my yes. daughter wakes up. Yes. I would eat my lunch at the beach, which I'm going to do. You yes. know, just treat every day like it is a holiday or it's, you know, summer, the first day of summer or something like that. <laughs> you only get one go at this. So make the most of it. Let the things go that don't light you up and that upset you. Let them go and just infuse more of the things that do light you up in your life. Can I just say that that's how I live my life? And there, it's hard with five kids being alone, but I've been finding ways to do it. The kids were at their dad's this weekend. It happens once a month. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Friday night, I had 12 of my girlfriends over. There were like eight of us naked in the hot tub. We knocked all the water out of it. I had to fill it up the next day. (laughs) That was amazing. We stayed up till midnight, no kids. And then the next day, I decided to have a two-hour massage at 7 p.m. Then I went and got sushi for takeout, sat in my car and ate it and went into this like total country redneck bar down the road because I'm in the hills here because I know that people are like full of joy and real and and just I love the bartenders. I went in there, had a couple of tequilas and danced my booty off to cover songs of country. Like that was two days worth of time. And then I led my dance class and had an ecstatic experience with 20 other human beings in deep connection and love. I mean that and every time I'm just like, thank you, God, because I know I have this precious life and I'm not going to squander it. My kids are here. I'm like, I'm with you. I'm with you. And when I can't do it and I feel like I'm failing, I lay on the ground and just let them cover me up with kisses because when I surrender, it's like, oh, okay. This balance of like, can I take advantage of every moment, especially with my kids? It changes you. It literally makes everything worthwhile. I'm so glad that you said that. I'm the same. I wish we lived in the same country. Oh my goodness. I know. I I want to come to naked jacuzzi times. I know, right? Naked jacuzzi girl night. (laughs) (laughs) Like my girlfriend's I, we went to an island recently, a couple of months ago, actually. And we did, yeah, nudie sunbaking, which was so nice. Me and two of my best girlfriends, and we're just nudie sunbaking, getting the sun on all the bits. It was just (laughs) delicious and heaven. Like, oh my God, that's what life's about, hey? It is. It is. And like, what are we investing our time and our money and our, our spirit and soul into? I'm building a dance deck out here so I can have more people over here dancing. Like, what is your dream? Everybody listening, what is your dream? It doesn't have to be just I'm a mom and I can't do anything else with my life right now. That is not true. Our children need to see us doing things and following our dreams and having a great time because that is how they're going to model their lives after us. Monkey see, monkey do. Totally. Absolutely. Now tell me where people can find you and all your books and all your wisdom and your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes, head to melissarambrosini.com. That's my website. And on there, you will find my podcast, all of my books, all of my programs my meditations, ebooks, everything. My podcast is called The Melissa Ambrosini Show. And on Instagram, I'm at Melissa Ambrosini. And come and tell me what you got from this episode. Come and DM me. I would absolutely love to hear what you got out of this episode. Oh, I just love connecting with new people and love hearing what you get from each conversation. So please come and introduce yourself to me and share. Absolutely. You guys, I encourage you to do that right now. Melissa, thank you so much for your time and especially the precious nap time. I know that's like prime time for your work and everything. 
all the things, all the wisdom you shared with us today, especially about EC. I think you've just inspired a ton of people and I look forward to just keep in touch with me, DM me anytime, send me a little picture, send me whatever your status is. Or if you have any questions at all, I'm here for you as things transition and you start to work your way out of the baby phase. But yeah, enjoy every wonderful moment. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for all of your love and support and for coming on my podcast as well. I'm so grateful and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really hope this episode has opened your eyes to another way of doing things with your babies. And I really want to inspire you to go and listen to my first episode with Andrea, episode 401, all about elimination communication, what it is and how to do it. It's such an awesome episode and I really hope that you got a lot out of this episode too. And if you did, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you don't have to go searching for a new episode. And please come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I absolutely love connecting with you and I love hearing from you. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here for wanting to be the best, the healthiest, and the happiest version of yourself, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.